0: Welcome to the Redeemer Coast podcast. Our prayer is that this message will inspire hope, build your faith, and encourage you in God's purposes for your life. Take note, I, Paul, am telling you that if you get yourself circumcised, Christ will not benefit you at all. Again, I testify to every man who gets himself circumcised that he is obligated to do the entire law. You who are trying to be justified by the law are alienated from Christ. You have fallen from grace. For we eagerly await through the Spirit, by faith, the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accomplishes anything. What matters is faith working through love. You were running well. Who prevented you from being persuaded regarding the truth? This persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole batch of dough. I myself am persuaded in the Lord. You will not accept any other view but whoever it is that is confusing you will pay the penalty. Now, brothers and sisters, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. I wish those who are disturbing you might also let themselves be mutilated. For you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I am warning you about these things, as I warned you before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit.
1: Amen. Praise God. So the Apostle Paul was uh, writing, obviously, to the church in Galatia, and uh, they had had um, a, a revelation of the grace of God, and we've done, I think this might be our fifth week, on, sixth week, on the ABCs of Grace. And uh, what he found, obviously, was um, uh, after there had been a, a revelation of the grace of God on the people's lives, that there was a tendency to revert one way, uh, you know, two basic ways that they reverted. And the first way which um, uh, Paul refers to there is to revert back to legalism, to revert back to um, finding your identity in the things that you do and finding your righteousness and keeping the law. And a lot of that was emphasized by some of the... um, some of the Jewish Christians that came and, uh, and visited the church in Galatia and tried to emphasize again that they needed to be circumcised and only eat certain things. And uh, even to the extent that Paul uh, described when Peter came to visit with them, that when he was there on an initial visit, he ate with the Gentiles, but when the Jews came up from Jerusalem, he separated himself so as not to be seen unclean. And, um, and Paul publicly uh, berates, and it's in scriptures... <laughs> I'm so glad that my beration, my being berated, you know, admonished, uh, not only have not been in public, but they're not in the scriptures, aren't you? (laughs) But there he is about uh, the hypocrisy. And then he says, you foolish Galatians, having begun in the spirit, uh, now do you think you can be sanctified or or grow up in the flesh? And so uh, then in verse 25, he says, now if we live by the spirit, let us therefore now walk by by the spirit so the question we have to ask ourselves is now that we've come to this understanding that we're not saved by by our works we're not made righteous by our works we're not even sanctified by our works okay uh that all those are a free gift and a work of the holy spirit how then do we live Uh, what do we do with this thing called sin and this thing called law you know And, and and quite often you'll you'll see and it becomes a um an issue is people get a certain revelation about grace and then swing right over into just acting as if they've never been saved, all right? And, uh, and, and, uh, and of course, Paul addresses that and so say that it's not freedom to sin. But we have to ask ourselves that, well, now that we know that we're not saved by anything we've done and that we're free from guilt, from condemnation, We've been set free from the Lord, it says in Colossians, that he took those accusations against us and he nailed them to the cross. How then do we live? And the Apostle Paul says in verse 25, having then been, now that we live by the Spirit or have life by the Spirit, let us therefore walk by the Spirit. So a few things there, just by way of explanation, if I may. Um, when he says if we now live by the Spirit, that means that we've realized that our life source is through the Holy Spirit and that it's a free gift from Him. So we find life. We get life through through that. And so we've come to realize that we would never got life through the law. We never got life by trying to be good. We never got life... By that works, but we get life, uh, we get what our heart's desire is from it uh, by a free gift through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John ten ten, I've come that you might have life and have it in abundance and that is a free gift. The second thing, if I can, just by way of explanation, is that when, when the Apostle Paul is talking about the Spirit, if, we have, if now that we live or have life by the Spirit, he's not just talking about the Holy Spirit. And and even in the previous verses, it said, "If we walk by the Spirit, or if we're led by the Spirit," and we've tended to think that means, okay, so tend to think that that means, okay, I'm going to pray about what what God wants me to do today, and I get the answer, and I'm going to I'm going to be led by the Spirit and go out and do that. Well, it does include that, but that's actually a very small part of it. And if you read through Galatians and read through Romans, where he talks about the Spirit, he's actually it can, it's interchangeable with. With grace, it's interchangeable with faith, and he's he's put all those expressions over together over here because because the gift of the Holy Spirit is a free gift. It's he's totally undeserved and totally unmerited. One of the biggest obstacles to receiving a second blessing or the baptism of the Holy Spirit is this this uh, sense that somehow I'm unworthy which is basically just the outworking of the law. And when we come to understand that, that, that he is a free gift, we receive it a lot more. And, of course, we know in Acts, when, when they, someone tried to, to buy that gift of baptizing people in the Holy Spirit, well, they go into a lot of trouble. It's a free gift. And so we can interchange between there. If we, if we live by grace or if we live by faith or if we live by the Spirit, Right, meaning the blessings and the provision of God are free to us. All right, and that's how we have—that's how we have life. All right, so if we live by the Spirit, uh, it means we live by this free gift of righteousness that God has provided to us. We live by this by the grace that He's given to us through faith. So He encapsulates all that, and actually, if you go through. Romans and Galatians, you can go through and open it up and you know that you can actually swap those words around almost, uh, grace, spirit, and faith, just depending on the application. Okay, So he's talking about it. we have life through the spirit. He's, he's saying that we have life by when we come to realize that, that the gifts and the blessings of God are free gifts to us. They're, they're, they're undeserved and um, we are to to accept them freely and not for a moment think that we can deserve them or that we can earn them. If we live by the Spirit, then we need to then, because the question is then asked, how do we then live? All right? Now, they, they got tr- in trouble uh, because they wanted to revert to the law. And, and then he goes on and he talks about some of the works of the flesh. And you've got to understand that they were carnal times. I mean, we're carnal in different ways a lot of our carnality in our society is sort of covered up by a sort of um, opaque glazing of Christian values which we have have got through hundreds of years and we have expressed flesh in, in different ways, but it was very, very carnal. Of course they had temples with um, prostitute priests where they, they did fertility sacrifices with them and there's all sorts of those things were going on and it was just chaos and, and what they found is that Paul found is that, that when they had this uh, understanding that, that, that the works never saved them, they tend to just, well, <laughs> hey, great, let's flip over here. All right, let's keep doing this, all right? He says, but if we live by the Spirit, we then need to walk by the Spirit, which means then our daily process through life needs to be uh, in the Spirit, in grace, in faith, now, the picture there is uh, pictures of, of the uh, Romans, of, of Romans' soldiers, especially marching, all right? So the walk means, it means uh, practically how you live your life, but the metaphor, the image was actually how the soldiers marched along these paths. And the Romans were Pax Romana, Pax the Peace that the Romans brought in the first century, uh, had a lot to do with the wonderful roads that they paved, and that they made, and so the Roman guards would, the Roman soldiers would walk along those paths in line, uh, deliberately staying on that path, and so the the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul says, if you're then saved by grace, you are now to walk on that path. All right, and he then. Gives us in the previous bit of the chapter the, the two traps. And they are traps that apply to all of us, and they're the ditches on either side of the path. Now, you don't balance uh, grace with works, just like you don't balance grace with sin. All right? It's not a matter of this or that. It's a matter of this. Now that you are saved, you are to walk in that grace. That God has for you, okay, so the first thing he talks about he says in romans five one he says that you uh, that you have now that you have been set free or now that you have been made free, be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage, and he 's referring to bondage there as the bondage of the law, because the law puts a huge bondage of guilt uh, of condemnation of um, of um, accusation against us, and Paul's the Holy Spirit through Paul is saying that once you've come into the light of being saved by grace, that, that you, you will be, tend to revert back to that. It's just a natural tendency to revert back to condemnation, to revert back to guilt, and the devil will come. He'll never really remind you of your salvation. You know, the devil won't come up to you and say, "Now remember that day you got saved." <laughs> no, he'll remind you of the time you failed. He'll minister the law. And if it wasn't, and if you weren't going to have to stand against that, he wouldn't have said stand firm. But he calls us to stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where Christ has made us free and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. And he calls the law bondage because it's an entrapment. This sense that that we have our identity in what we do and how we present ourselves and all the religious things that we can do and say and how long we pray for and how often we read the Bible and how much we give and all those things. That's bondage. It's law. It's legalism. And it brings with it guilt and condemnation, and he wraps it up in things that are really, really good for you to do. All right? But the trap is why you're doing them and what you think you get from that if you're getting your identity from that and not from what Christ did for you, he says to stand firm against that, which means it's going to attack you and you're going to have to stand up and say, no, that is not who I am. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I've been bought by him. God knew I would fail before he died for me. God knew I was an earthen vessel, and yet he still chose to save me, redeem me, and use me, clean out that pot every now and again. He's got to clean out that pot so he can pour his Holy Spirit through it again and work has been made righteous. Hallelujah. So stand firm. It's interesting, we have this expression, fall from grace, don't we? That people go out and they sin, you know, the naughty sins. Of course, the good sins are fine. You know, pride, arrogance, all that, that sort of thing. They're all fine. Religiousness, you know, being better. They're all fine. They're acceptable. We'll listen to testimony time. You hear them all the time. You know, some sins. But, you know, there's really naughty sins that you don't want anyone to know, okay? And when that gets exposed, we say they fell from grace. And that's a misrepresentation of the Scripture. Because he's not actually saying you fall from grace when you sin. He's saying you fall from grace when you revert to self-based righteousness. And it's a trap. And you need to stand firm against it. This one side of the ditch, having now been saved by grace, by faith, how do we walk in the Spirit? Well, one thing we do is we stand firm against the accusations of the devil. We stand firm against self-based righteousness. We stand firm against accusation and guilt because it's a trap. And they would have known very well this metaphor of freedom because the whole context of Judaism was being brought out of slavery in Egypt to the freedom that they had in the promised land. And they would have known very well the metaphor of what sin and and legalism was. And it's a trap because you can never be good enough. It says in, I believe it's in Galatians. I should have looked it up. It says that if we could have received life through the law, then righteousness would have been based on the law. But you never, never could receive that life that we have now that we live in the spirit. And it was a trap. You know, and, and the devil won't let you go. He'll keep putting other things on and bringing other things. Remember when Moses uh, went up to Pharaoh, he said, Let my people go. He said, Not only am I not going to let them go, I'm going to make them work harder. And that Satan will always put another level of something for you to do if we have this workspace, that side of the ditch uh, view of, of, of righteousness. And, and so Pharaoh said to said to Moses, and he instructed his leaders to go and tell them they still have to build the same amount of bricks, but they're going to have to go and cut their own straw. Remember that? So he just put a, an even stricter regulation, and the law will do that. There will always be something where you're not perfect. And you think, well, just when I've got good at that, there's something else I've got to do for me to feel good. And there's something else I've got to do to have life. And they had to go and they had to cut their straw and bring it back and still build the same amount of bricks. And I suspect that is why when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, I've obeyed all the law, what now must I do? And he said, well, okay, go and sell everything. Just added something else to it. And we're to stand firm, the Bible says, we're to stand firm against that that trap, all right, where we judge ourselves against others, where we allow what others think about ourselves to define us. That's a trap. That's a big trap for all of us. You know, it's like even when done something or haven't done something and you know your opinion in someone else's uh, eyes has dropped and 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 then your whole self-image tends to collapse (laughs) because it's it's a house of cards if it's based on that and not not on who we are in christ and his value and his love for us and and what people think of us it can only uh, affect us to the extent that we give it that that authority and we give it that power I go, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to identify with what you say I am. Ah, we identify with who we are in Christ. And so the Bible says, stand firm. Resist it. Get that shield of faith and stand firm. Again, That's not the case. That's not the case. All right. Well, the, the other side of the ditch is, guess what? The other side of the ditch is actually looking for life in all the worldly things then whatever they may be. And, and, and the, the Bible says in Galatians, I love it, it says the works of the flesh are evident to all. <laughs> it's kind of what it's saying. You're like, you know, like it becomes obvious, you know. Um, and uh, and uh, there are all the sensual type things, and, but then there's a lot of there in that list, which actually they look quite good religious things. Uh, and what's interesting, it says the deeds or the works of the flesh. All right? So that means when we're trying ourselves to get life, this is what it looks like. And well, I know some of the biggest mistakes I ever made in my life were things when I tried to work out the plan of God, you know, without him. <laughs> God, you're just taking, you just haven't got enough time. You to take too long here. I want to get this done, you know. And uh, one of those things, I remember once we bought, a, um, we bought a lolly business. This was back in the early 90s. And, uh, you know, I was just anxious, wanted to get going, wanted to get going to the ministry, wanted to accelerate this money coming in, you know, so we bought a, this lolly business. And uh, praise God, I actually got a big truck. I got it at a really good price, a big Toyota van, one of those 22-seaters, got a really good price, and we put the name of the lolly company on it. And uh, then... Um, you had to, got this contract with this lolly supplier where they, they had, you had to sell a certain number of boxes like every month yeah, and they just keep shipping you these boxes of lollies, you know. And, uh, and at that stage it was like I, I kept working because I, I was teaching, I had a, a better job or the job I was in and, and Linda started doing this lolly business going around and I was supposed to help her where I never got you know, to that stage where I actually did help her you know, and she was supposed to go around set up you know, the stalls in the shop and put these bags on there and all that sort of stuff. And uh, but what we found is that we didn't grow the business as much as this company wanted us to grow the business. And as part of our contract, to keep buying all this candy, so every month or every two weeks, these boxes of candy would keep, arri- keep arriving. It was like that. What's that thing where the, the sorcerer's broom, where it cuts the broom in half and it just keeps multiplying? What's that? That, um, yeah. What was it? Fantasia, yeah, it's like these boxes just keep multiplying every time I go into the garage, and there's these more boxes of candy, and normally you'd think well, that's exciting, you know <laughs> but my family got these magic boxes they appear, but we were supposed to be selling them, not stacking them, and not eating them, you know, and so it ended up we had this this garage just full of candy, you know, and uh, we just realized that uh, i you know. I'd made a mistake, you know, like Abraham, you know, when Abraham thought he'd, he'd rushed God with having a son, so he slept with Haggai and ended up with Ishmael, and Ishmael haunted him for the rest of his life. You know, that was my Ishmael, one of them, <laughs> his candy business. But praise God, the Lord delivers us out of his, out of them all, you know, uh, like uh, steps of a good man ordered by the righteous person ordered by the Lord, though. Though he falls, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. And We found a buyer for the business, someone who's ready to commit the time that needed. And because we had bought this van at such a good price, we've actually sold it without we're taking very little loss. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but the funny thing was, was for, for months, these candy just kept staying in there, you know, and we just couldn't eat them all, you know. So I actually <laughs> started a business at this youth refuge, and some months later, I said, "Oh, yeah, I've got the gift for all for all the youth, you know." Uh, and I said, and I said, "You know." So it was a residential program. So I brought in all these boxes of candy, and they thought, "Oh, isn't this wonderful?" You know, I brought in about eight boxes. That was all that was left at that stage. And we opened it up, and all these mice ran out. <laughs> yeah, you know, like the works of the flesh are like that, right? When you're when you're sort of, you know trying to get the things God has for you uh, in your own efforts. All right? In your own efforts. And when you look at some of the things that, that the Apostle Paul mentions, the Holy Spirit mentions there, it says, now the deeds of the flesh are evident. Immorality, impurity, sensuality. Well, they're evident to everyone. Okay? Um, and then we go into idolatry. Well, idolatry's not so evident, really, because idolatry really can just mean... Um, uh, like greed is idolatry, the Bible says, Yeah, because you're putting that before God, okay? Um, uh, and, and so that can be a, quite a spiritual-looking thing because people think, oh, he's prospering in the Lord and he's going around, you know, which is nothing wrong. God wants you to prosper. Don't get me confused. But it's very easy to get that, switch that over to idolatry, all right? Sorcery, well, was sorcery? We don't have many witches floating around here, yeah, well, I don't know Sunshine Coast is probably a few. It's going to be a lot less in a few years. Amen. Everyone say amen. Praise God. But uh, but that's just one form of sorcery. Sorcery is just trying to control other people. You know? Um, just got to be very careful what I say here, but very often it's spiritual. You know, I just sense God saying, why would God tell you and not me? Or, well, you know, now that's not to say, those things aren't genuine, but very often you'll see there's a spirit there which is actually trying to control other people, all right? Or guilt trip other people, you know, uh, if you love me or whatever. That, that sorcery is this spirit which, which tries to manipulate other people to your ends, all right? And when you walk in the spirit, you don't do that. When you walk in the spirit, you just you, you know that it's God that's going to bring it to pass. It's God that's going to bring it to pass. I don't need to manipulate people. I need to talk about them behind their back. Even if you get mature enough, you know, I don't even need to defend myself. I let God do my fighting for me. All right? enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, disputes, dissensions, enmities. Well, you know, like... The word says this. You can be, have enmities and strife and arguments and you're pretending to be extremely spiritual and all you're doing is trying to get the other person to agree with you. I've been so embarrassed with some of the things I've believed in the past. You know, I'm sure that in five or ten years now that there's things that I believe now which, which I get light from. You know? So we've just got to chill it a bit. Okay? We've just got to chill it a bit. I'm trying to go around correcting everyone. Alright? That's amnities. That's strife. That's tribalism. Getting people on your side by telling them something about someone else. It's a work of the flesh. It's really just trying to get life by something that is carnal. Alright? And I find it interesting that it says, but the fruit of the Spirit. That's interesting, isn't it? It's the works of of the flesh but it's the fruit of the spirit now you're out there trying to chop down a tree you know that's work you mowing the lawn that's work and trying to get the blessings of God in any way you know um, where you're working and thinking if I do this I'll get it if I do that I'll get that it's work but the fruit of the spirit is something else Now, this does not mean that we ignore, because there are channels of blessing. There are channels of grace that God puts in our lives. You know, things like reading the Bible, okay? Things like prayer, things like fellowship, things like church, uh, things like being led by the Holy Spirit. They're they're channels of blessing. You don't get your righteousness from those, but but when you're obedient in that, you, you realize that there's life that comes with that. There's blessing that comes with that. So you don't ignore those things. But the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, which means you can stand. Long-suffering means you can stand. It means there's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's a work of grace in your life. And when opposition comes against you, you can stand. So I know that's not my source. Gentleness, meekness. I have to practice being humble. Can anyone identify with that? Don't put your hand up because you're being proud. Put your hand up, put your hand down. (laughs) To practice being humble. That means like I have to practice. Like uh, because you know, your natural self thing is to try just somehow impress, try somehow put yourself forward. And and you that's not God. The the you know, Jesus was meek, and we're to be meek, where to step back and lift others and be interested in others. Uh you know, you find that that people go around your life and everyone's just, you ever had those situations people ask you how you're doing but you know they're not interested, how you doing? And then they just keep going, you know? And so, like, I discipline myself to to say, you know, I try to forgive me if I fail sometimes, but how are you? Uh, And listen and ask. It's amazing how people open up to you when you're meek and you're humble and, and you're actually interested in their interests above you. Humble means to step down and to show interest in them. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance. Temperance is self-control. It's amazing the self-control that you have when you no longer have to work for the things of God. And you realize that your source doesn't come from that food or that, or this, that, and the other. Your source comes from him. The Holy Spirit builds self-control. It's a fruit. You have noticed we've got these lime trees and these lemon trees in our house and Linda's trying to work out which one's lime, which one's lemon. And it looks like our big tree, you know, near, near all your spiders out the front there. That's a lime tree, which we're pretty excited about, you know, because a big lime tree. But you don't see the, you don't see the lime tree there going, I'm going to make some lime. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're doing lime, you know. So the, the work of the Holy Spirit, when we learn to walk in the Spirit, it becomes a fruit. It becomes a joy to walk in the things of God. And, and, you know, all this sort of getting tired and exhausted because, because of what we're doing or because of even the work we're doing for a church, well, very often we, that it's because the motives as to why we're doing is it's a self-based motive. I feel I have to. I feel I get identity from that. You know, and we're not doing it for my relationship with God. It's a grace-based relationship. Faithfulness, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance, faith or faithfulness. That means the ability to stick. It's faith, but it also means the ability to, to keep trusting in God. And it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a wonderful thing to think that really, just stepping aside from a self-based righteousness and stepping aside from looking and striving the things of the world produces that fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance, faith. And guess what? Against such there is no law. Hallelujah. So the question is, now that how, having been saved by grace, and now having been sanctified by grace, how should we then live? How should we then live? Well, we stand firm. It's interesting, it says, for you have been made or you have been set free that means you have actually been released now that you've been released now that you've been released stand firm therefore in that liberty wherefore Christ has made you free and be not entangled again in the oak of, for, of bondage. Galatians 5 13 for brethren you have been called to freedom and that, that means named freedom our name is freedom People will look at us and they'll go, there goes freedom. Look, they're freedom. They're, they're, they're freedom. I don't worry what people think about them. They're not striving. They've been named freedom. We have been, that's our name. We don't know what your name is. Your name's Liberty. Grant, Liberty, Jonathan Peterson. All right? Okay? Neil, Liberty, Liberty, whatever your last name is. <laughs> Be careful, the next cyclone might be Neil, you know. So we've had Linda and Marcus, and N is next, all right? So there's a Lauren Liberty. That's my name. I'm free. That's who I am. That's who he's called us. He's he, he now that you've been made free, I'm gonna call you free. That's the name I'm giving you. When I see you, I see free. We need to get up in the morning. We go, Hello, Liberty. Hello, freedom. I'm free from accusations of the devil. I'm free from having to strive for God's blessings in my life. I'm free just to walk in grace, to do the things that God has for me today, and these fruit are just going to stop popping out everywhere. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance, faith against such. There's no law. Hallelujah. What are we called to do now that we have grace? We're called to walk according to that grace on that path. We're called to walk on that path. I'm staying in the spirit, the grace, the mercy, the love of God. I'm not going to get out of striving what God has for me. I'm not going to get out striving to try and press other people. But I'm staying this. I'm staying in this. I'm staying in this. Hallelujah. John 10.10 10 said, I have come that you might have life and have it in abundance. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that in you there is life that In you there is peace. We thank you, Lord, that we have been set free and we're called to freedom. That's our name. Liberty is our name. We thank you, Father, for that, and we identify with that. Now, having have life in the Spirit, we walk in the Spirit. Jesus' precious name. Everyone say.
0: Thank you for listening. We trust that you've been encouraged by the message. Please consider leaving a review and subscribing to receive new content. For more information about Redeemer Coast, visit www.redeemercoast.com or find us on social media where our handles are at Redeemer Coast. Until next time.